start today, I want to say a few words because it's very important to this message. This message today is about fear and faith. And there is no stronger weapon against fear than worship. Could you feel it this morning? When you worship, you take a dagger and you put it right in the face of fear. Everything goes away for us during worship. We are just meeting God face to face, singing songs of praise, dancing, just shouting out in joy to our Lord and Savior. That is what worship is all about. Listen to these words from Psalm 34. This is the definition of worship. Psalm 34, if you want to go there or kick it up on your phone. Give me just a few seconds to do that. Here's what that beautiful psalm says. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Not just during the 15 or 20 minutes of worship here as a corporate church. God says always. Don't be afraid to worship at work. Don't be afraid to worship in your car. I love to worship in my car. No one can hear me. It's a blessing to many people. But it's wonderful. It's a time of joy in the Lord. It goes on to say, I will glorify in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all fear. Amen. That's just what happened during worship. If you had certain fears in your life that were overtaking you, they went away during worship. The fear is silenced by your worship. Don't take our worship here for granted. Just throw yourself into it. At the end of this message, I'm going to ask you not just to stand, but to come up here and worship right up front. Let, let's dance. Let's put our hands up to the Lord. Let's rejoice in the Lord. Let's make this act of worship today strike out all fear in your life. So thank you, Pastor Richie. Thank you to the worship team, the choir. You bring us to God every Sunday. Now it's up to us to carry that through all the time. I want to talk to you about fear first. And I know that's not a great topic to talk about. But to get to the faith part, we have to talk about fear. Yesterday, I went skiing up to Atitash. I hate to date myself, but I have now been skiing for 58 years. Started when I was three years old. Thank you. I love to see that. <laughs> Grew up as a ski racer with my brothers, friends. That was my, my life right through high school, just ski racing in Canada, here, everywhere. I loved it. When I'm at the top of the mountain yesterday, I'm with my two brothers, one younger, one older. It's the best times of my life. Always has been. My father just ingrained that in us. Every weekend, we were skiing with complete joy. When I stand up top of that mountain and look down and see Mount Washington literally almost right across the street, I don't have any fear. 
even at this age. It's a great feeling. And I also was with my brother's two grandsons. One, Brody, I call him B. He's eight years old. He has a need for speed at very dangerous levels. He doesn't care about people being in his way. He doesn't mind even running into them, which we have to say, B, you cannot do that. His other grandson's name is Chase. I call him Chase. Chase is 11 years old and just started to ski this year. This was his fifth time, so I think it's going to be a slow day with Chase. This is going to be kind of boring, watching that kid go down one little turn at a time. He takes right off and follows B and is just flying. No fear in those two. No fear in their circumstances at all. Then towards the end of the day, when the snow's not quite as nice, there's thousands of people up there, 25-minute waits and lines. It was crazy yesterday. I say to my brothers, I like the speed. It's feeling great today, but I'm noticing the ice is starting to build in. And as someone who's now over 60, it's the first time that I've ever been skiing. And I'm, I'm, I'm passing these kids and laughing with them and saying, speed up, where I notice they're hitting the ice at times and the kids are just flying and falling. And I'm thinking, if at 61, you hit that ice and fall, you will not be giving the message at Grace Capital Church. <laughs> And both my brothers say, yeah, do you remember when dad would hit the ice and tense all up? Yeah, I'm starting to get that feeling. <laughs> Not a good feeling to have fear. So fear in our lives, whether it's on the ski slopes of New Hampshire, or as we're walking down the street, or as we're going into work, it exists. It's around every corner. Let's look at a classic example of fear. And we're in Luke 8 today. I'm going to not review the whole chapter with you, but just two specific circumstances that occurred during Jesus' walk during those days. And the first one is one we're very familiar with. It's titled in my Bible, Jesus Calms the Storm. So this is Jesus and his disciples taking a little boat ride on a lake. I love boat rides on lakes. I, I don't fear them at all. Apparently the disciples did. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters, the storm subsided, and all was calm. And I wouldn't want this said to me by Jesus. Jesus says to the disciples, where is your faith? In fear and amazement, they ask one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. First of all, I think I've said this many times, certainly Pastor Mark has said it, Jesus has a unique sense of humor. He's out on the lake, the storm starts, and he's catching Z's in the boat. He's sleeping. He really is at total peace. And what are the disciples doing? Are they drowning in the water? 
No, they're not drowning in the water at all. They're drowning in their fear. And we can do that in so many circumstances in our lives. And then the response that I just spoke about. Jesus says to them, where is your faith? In their reaction, they respond again in the same fear that they had when the storm was raging. Fear is just rooted sometimes in the known and sometimes in the unknown. They didn't know what was going to happen. How many times do we not know what is going to happen in our lives? Whether it's a family situation, whether it's a medical situation, any sort of situation that's giving us fear. And we simply let that root grow and grow and grow. It begs the question, doesn't it? How do we deal with this? How do we face our fears on a daily basis? Because I guarantee you, I don't think anyone in this room can raise their hand and say, I don't have any fear in my life. I never fear anything. I'm, I'm really that strong. There's no fear whatsoever in my life. Let's look at Psalm 23, a psalm that's very familiar to, to all of us. And I just want to take one verse. This is the, the verse that all of you in all likelihood know. It starts with, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. So the Lord gives you that peace to overcome your fears. But listen to this line. I won't read you the whole thing. Another very familiar line. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Did you hear that? If you're walking with God, if you're walking with Jesus, you will fear no evil, even in the worst of your circumstances. Amazing verses. Now, if you're going to live in this world and you have fear, and I experience this almost every night of my life, the nightly news comes on. And that fear just ramps way up. And there's nothing wrong with being aware of situations around the world, whether it be in Ukraine or other places. When I watch what's happening in Ukraine, there is fear. My heart breaks when children are sitting in windows of trains with, with their hands up and their dads are touching them as they leave that station and they know exactly where they're going and exactly with where their dad's going. Talk about fear. Social media. We all live in that world in one way or the other. Some of us at very high levels. Some of us work in that world. Wow. What a platform that can just be mired by fear. People react to people in very mean and evil-spirited ways. How do you get through that? How does your fear govern your life? I can tell you this. If you're rooted in this book, in your reading, 
your fear fades as your faith increases. There's no doubt about it. If you're walking with Jesus, will you have fear in your life? Yes. Will Jesus calm the storm? Absolutely, 100%. He will. There are so many verses that I could go to today, but I'll go to one that's in Isaiah 41. And Jesus and his Father say this to you over and over and over again. And all you have to do is simply believe it and walk in it. Walk with Jesus in it. Isaiah 41.10 says it right at the beginning really strongly. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right arm. That's what God does for you. If you ignore him and just put him to the side and say, I'm going to do this all on my own. I can handle this fear. I can overcome it. You are going to fail. If you take his hand and walk with them through your circumstances of fear, you will overcome it again and again and again. Very simple answer to fear. Just let Jesus Christ walk with you. How do you do that? How do you grab his hand? You pray. You root yourself solidly in his word. You take the godly counsel of others. You simply worship. If you're in fear, don't be afraid to grab a worship song and just let it go, just like you do here every Sunday. Be with Jesus. Let me apply this to you, to to my own life. I'll give you an example in my own life. And some of you, I won't take you through this. I, I, I've done a whole message on it when I, when I received this news. On February 5th of 2020, I went down to Boston to Brigham Women's Dana-Farber to have surgery to remove cancer from my body. It was a seven-hour surgery. The odds of getting all the cancer out were low, minimal. So the doctors, like doctors do, and I love my doctors in Boston, prepare you for, here's the surgery, won't quite know what's going on until we get in there, and we expect that you'll then have this course of treatment for six weeks, five days a week. You probably should live in Boston during that, uh, and it's going to be quite a journey for you. So I had the surgery. Kelly and one of my daughters was down there. Uh, they were like this with me that day. <laughs> I love that story, by the way. Uh, just perfect for, for it today. Um, but before we went down, this is funny that, that you mentioned this too, Richie. Before we went down, the Saturday before my surgery was the church business meeting. I was like, I got a lot ahead of me. Do I want to go to the church business meeting and crunch all those members and see the budget. And by the way, it's good that you're at a church that accounts for every dime of money that you get. Amen. It's very transparent Amen. about it. So that's why I go. I've always gone. So I went to that church meeting 
We crunched the numbers, and I have to tell you, my mind is not on the numbers. My mind is, okay, three days from now, I'm going to be on that table. I don't know what they're going to find. They don't know what they're going to find. And guess what starts creeping in? Fear. Not necessarily fear of the surgery. Had a lot of prayer for it, but fear of the unknown. Well, what are they going to find in there? What if it's really bad news? They're saying 70, 80% chance that they're not getting it. And then what am I in for? And how is that going to affect my relationships with my wife, my daughters, my son, my grandchildren? Worst thing in life is telling your family that you've got this diagnosis and here's what you're in for. So there's fear there. We go through the surgery. All goes well. The doctor's very happy about what he saw in there. And then we wait a month for the pathology. Again, guess what? Stupid fear for a month. People ask me, you got the results yet? No. <laughs> but really afraid of what those results could show. Praying. At the business meeting, though, before that surgery, to get back there, at the end of the meeting, all of a sudden, unbeknownst to me, Pastor Mark calls me up, and the whole meeting gathers around me, lays hands on me. Richie's praying. Pastor Mark's praying. People from the church are praying. And I walk out of that business meeting. To be honest with you, I'm on top of the world. Cancer, smancer. I don't care. I'm going to be healed at a business meeting. So we get done the surgery. The pathology's great. looks really good. And then they say, now you come back every three months, and we're going to test you because this is an aggressive cancer, and it could come back. Oh, great. Are, are you people here just to place fear in me? So every three months, I go, I get tested, and I know exactly if it says less than 0 .06, I'm, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. If it says more, uh-oh, then a course of treatment. And it's like, I, I don't know about the young people in college or anything. A lot of you are sitting over here, but... Do you know what it feels like? And it's a little different for you now in the computer age. But you take the test, and you studied hard, but there's that fear in you. Ah, uh, how did I do? And then it's popping up on your computer screen. And you're going to know, well, is it an A or is it an F? What is it? And there's that fear in you. That's what a, a result for cancer is like. So the first few, I knew they would take it. And within like three or four hours, the result would be on our iPad right there waiting for me. So that fear would well up, and then I'd see the result, and I'd go, thank you, Jesus. I had my last test for this two-year period on February 24th of this year. And I remember they drew the blood. I got in my car. I had worship music on, and I was just glorifying God, praising God. And you know what I wasn't worried about at all? That test result. I got home, usually, right on the iPad. <laughs> 0.06 or less. Please, Jesus, please. I forgot about the test result for two days. Wow. And Kelly said, should we look at the, the test result? And I was like, I know what the test result is. Jesus does the same thing every time. But we look at it, and it's less than 0.06. There's no cancer there. Jesus has healed me. Each one of these tests for the last three years is just a simple reminder that Jesus heals. Amen. So look, let's look at faith. And I, I didn't want to give you just definitions of what faith is, what fear is. We all know 
what it is. But I wanted to give you examples. So here's a great example of faith in action. This is the woman in Luke 8 who had been racked with a blood disease for 12 years. And let me read you these verses. And at this point, Jesus had just thrown a bunch of demons out of legion and healed him. He was about, after this incident, to raise a dead daughter up out of death to life. And in the midst of this, there's crowds all around him. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. Some of the manuscripts indicate that she had spent all the money she had on doctors at that point. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. He knows he has just healed somebody. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, excuse me, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then here's just the beautiful part of this testimony. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. That is faith in a nutshell. Beautiful, unconditional faith in Jesus healed that woman, and all she did is reach out and touch the hem of his cloak. That is faith just defined. Here's the fascinating part about this. Did you notice what happened after she touched the cloak and was healed? He's looking around. He's audibly saying, hey, I, I, the power has gone out from me. And she comes back, and what is she doing? Singing hallelujah, screaming out amen. It's me, Jesus, right here. It's me. No, she's trembling in fear. So not only is there fear and faith, there is fear and faith for us. I just prayed, uh, and I, I hope I don't call you out, but I will anyways, faith. <laughs> prayed with you a few weeks ago, and her faith, faith's faith, is really strong. And we prayed about the fear that can creep in there when you're sharing that faith with others. We've all experienced it, right? Especially if it's someone in your family. I remember right before my, my dad was passing away, I shared my faith with him. He had seen it many times, but I just hadn't had that direct conversation. I knew he was raised up in the church. I knew he was a Sunday school teacher, but I also know a pastor had completely blown up the church's relationship with my dad and mom. So while they were very godly people, we never went to church. And we had that real meaningful conversation. But I have to tell you, the fear of rejection when you're talking to a man that has been so wonderful to you, has loved you, you put him way up on the pedestal, he's the man just below Jesus in my life. 
And I'm, and I'm thinking, what if he looks at me and says, I don't believe you. What are you talking about? And he's really hours to a day away from dying. There was fear in that. I, we don't need to be afraid of our fear in our faith. We need to just step over that fear and exercise our faith. And if we get rejected, guess what? Jesus will deal with it. That person may come back later in life and say to you, hey, I'm really sorry. I just flat out rejected you. I couldn't stand what you were saying to me. But guess what? Today, I'm a child of God. We cannot be slaves to our fear. Right? How about that song? Back to worship. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. So when that fear creeps in, especially when you're sharing your faith, right? Remember this. You're a child of God. If that person rejects you, you just keep loving them. You keep seizing those opportunities. Someday, they'll see the face of Jesus. Why? Because you decided to be a vessel in their life and allow that introduction to come in. So don't fear your faith. Here's what I consider the moment of this woman's testimony. Is it the healing? That's a very important moment. Here's the most important moment. Because what is Jesus' reaction to her testimony? The first word of his reaction isn't, uh, hey, woman, I healed you, be on your way. Isn't that at all? His first word is daughter. He calls this woman he has just healed his daughter, his child. And what does he say to her? Daughter, your faith has healed you Go in peace. The greatest reward of your faith when it overcomes fear is Jesus stands right in front of you and says, son, daughter, friend, sister, brother, go in peace. Peace be with you. We've all heard that. There's nothing like that peace. If you go to John 14... Verse 27, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says these words, beginning in verse 25, talking about the Holy Spirit. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all these things, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And here's the important part. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. There's your answer. He is going to give you that peace that passes all understanding. And how do you get to it? You go to him with your petitions, with your prayers, and he's going to give it to you. It's just not a maybe, people. It's a guarantee. 
Philippians 4, 7 tells us that. Just approach Him. Get on your knees. Pray. Worship Him, Pastor Richard. And He's going to give you that peace that transcends everything else in your life, no matter what your circumstances are. We can look at our circumstances, and you've heard this many, many times, and just be absolutely racked with fear. If you stay in the world, stay in your circumstance, try to solve it all on your own, refuse to pray, refuse to read even just a verse from the Bible to help you out, refuse to worship, the path you're on is going to be mired and rooted in fear. This hasn't been a very complicated message. In the things of faith, and I experienced this before I came to a faith in Christ at the age of 35, we like to rationalize a lot of things in our life. We like to intellectualize this whole Jesus thing. In the end run, it's very simple. Jesus came to this earth as God, as a man and God at the same time, perfect without any sin. He knew that his journey would ultimately lead him to a cross. He would be crucified. He would die the worst of deaths. For each one of you in this room, whether you believe or don't believe, whether you're doubting everything I say right now, he died specifically for you. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world died on that cross. In three days, the stone was unrolled. He walked out, a resurrected Jesus. He ultimately met with his disciples and many others. Some doubted and still needed to see his pierced hands. He ascended back up to God. He's seated in God's courtroom right next to him. He advocates for you in your fear. Amen. Directly with his Father. That's who Jesus is. So for those of you who don't know them, know him. For those of you who know him, approach him. Just walk with him. He will not only save you from your sin, he will cover your fear in all circumstances. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device, we want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.